0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running running should be fun and so should running podcasts i'm your host ryan Pluckelman, and this is the adventure jogger This runner made headlines earlier this year for running 100 miles on zero calories. Recently, he ran 300 miles through the mountains of Idaho and Utah, all to help a friend achieve a dream. He currently calls Smithfield, Utah home. Mike McKnight is on the adventure jogger. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So you have quite a bit to to, to discuss here on this, because there's a whole lot to, to Mike McKnight... Before we get into the, the thing that Stafford, we were just having dinner, and Jeff couldn't get over the fact that you ran 100 miles on zero calories, so he's going right. to have a lot of specifics for you. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> Coming up in just a couple of minutes, but let's start with the Mike McKnight story. When did you become a runner? When did you become an ultra runner? What is Mike McKnight's running journey? What's the background? Then? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I grew up um, on a dairy farm in northern Utah and didn't have really any physical activity background all through high school. Um, I joined the football team in like, I think it was my junior year, maybe it was my sophomore year. Um, Didn't really play. I rode the bench a lot, spent most of my time having to go home to work on the dairy farm. So I didn't really have any physical activity, um, a part of me growing up then I turned 21 and my sister invited me to do a half marathon with her. And um, I don't know if it was was just boredom or or what it was, but I... You're like, okay, I I, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So I did it. I had fun. Um, Ended up training consistently because I wanted to try to walk onto my college
0: track team. Um, in
1: hopes that I could just have my college paid for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, hang on. So, Mike, had you run at all before your sisters? Like, hey, let's do this half marathon. I mean, I did track in high school because it was required of
1: football, um, but <laughs> right. I didn't enjoy it. Or aside from practice at school, I didn't like run outside of that. I didn't run at my home or anything like that. Sure.
0: So so you're just running track which the longest run you would do for track is what like maybe three miles in a training run or something like that yep (laughs) and then you you do a half marathon because why not right yeah (laughs) how did how did that half marathon go do you remember back to that first half
1: yeah i barely broke an hour and a half
0: but
2: fairly so. broken an hour and a half he okay, said. okay so here's what we need to talk okay
0: right we get to back up just a minute here hold the phone okay so let's just be real here Mike you say you you didn't do a whole lot of, of physical activity and uh, you, you did football and you rode the bench and you did track to kind of to kind of you know it's a requirement for football the reality is though it's not like you were the typical kid playing video games sitting on a bench you're a farm kid and that requires a lot of of physical yeah. activity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lifting, a lot of now, moving the pipe and being on my feet all day.
2: <laughs> now, let me stop you right there for just a second. Okay. Because right. you, Mike, and Ryan have something in common. You said dairy farm. Memory serves me correctly. Wasn't your grandfather a dairy
0: farmer? Okay. Mike, you can tell me if you hate people like me. Because <laughs> I, my grandpa had a dairy farm, and so I would go up and visit grandpa on the dairy farm like, can we
2: get some store-bought milk up right in here every
0: every couple like i go up in the summer for like two weeks right but so then during the two weeks i would like maybe milk a cow once <laughs> maybe bale a couple of bales of hay maybe drive a tractor like a hundred feet just so, like and then i would go back to my friends in the small town I grew up in, and say, guys, you know, it's a farm life, guys. You know, it's, it's rough. It's it's, it's like, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, people do it all the time. It's okay. I
2: just, I just wanted to draw that, you know, that that comparison there. So if
0: people do that, Mike. They're like, oh, Mike, I know what growing up on a farm's like. I went and yeah. saw my grandpa for a couple weeks out of the summer every single year.
1: When I met my wife, she um, was pretty adamant. I don't know if was, she was adamant but she like really loved the idea of like living on a dairy farm yeah i was just like no we're not doing that no no <laughs> and she was like but i would go visit somebody and just i love being around the cows it was great and but was the like, baby
2: cows are so cute yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <True> <laughs> like, Listen, we're not getting married we can keep them in
2: the basement
0: life. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Two things that stick out. I remember my, this is how city boy I am. Like, I remember grandpa bringing milk home from the, from the barn house. Real milk. In that stainless steel container. And yeah. then, you know, taking a drink from that and going, is there some skim in the fridge? Seriously? <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> really? uh, right? Like, like, like grandma, I don't like this. This, this is, is too, too creamy. real. Right. This is too, I need some <laughs> skim out of the fridge. Yeah. So I am definitely not not of, of 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 the same you know structure that you had growing up on a farm that is hard work and so you we weren't on the couch being a couch potato you were working hard on the farm and you barely broke I love how you. I barely broke one thirty. Yeah, that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's pitiful. <laughs> oh, oh, Mike, I'm I'm surprised you just didn't call it quits after that. Honestly, I know. <laughs>
2: like I'm done, and my career's over. No, but no. But, but seriously,
0: Mike, a, a minute like an hour, twenty nine minute first half without even training, just baling hay and milking cows. Did that kind of ignite a fire in you to like uh, wait a minute I'm I might be good at this.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's why I got the hopes up that I could maybe get a scholarship to run on the college track team if I trained hard enough. How how did that go for you? So, uh, well, <laughs> um so the, the the half marathon was in August. Yeah. And then the following February, so seven months later i was in a skiing accident and broke my back ouch so i had um surgery the next day two rods nine screws put into my spine i had part of my hip bone fused to my spine so it was a pretty big surgery um doctor told me i'd be in bed for about a year um Uh. so he he advised me to like drop my college classes them for a year lost my job moved home with my parents um so that kind of put a short halt on things yeah but it actually this experience actually is what got me into ultra running because just making a long story short it was actually three weeks after my surgery that i started running again
0: Whoa, whoa mike like, no doctor recommends that <laughs> did, did you keep that from your doctor were you like i'm not gonna tell like would you go for your uh, checkups like are you doing any exercise like, no not not a thing
1: you right? he, he's he he still doesn't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god
1: I keep thinking I should like go talk to him and thank him because I mean, I have no issues today. So he did a really good job. So, but no, I never told him that I was running that early. So
0: what, so three weeks you break your back, a skiing accident. You're, you you think you're going to be stuck in a bed for a year. What happened in that three week process where you're like, "Eh, let's go try running. Why not? So my therapy that he
1: gave me was to just walk half a mile to a mile a You're day. Like,
2: nope, yeah. nope. 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 <laughs> I'm not walking. Nope. Oh, yeah. I can hear you already. I'm I'm running this thing.
1: So for the first few times I, I actually have a, a picture of it, but I would borrow my grandma's Walker. And so the first few walks I like I had to use a Walker cause it was pretty hard for me to walk. Sure. Yeah. Um, but then it was like five days later, Um, I was able to start walking without the walker. Um, Then I started, like in retrospect, I started to get kind of that that runner mentality where I was like, okay, it took me 45 minutes to walk a mile today. Let's see if I can do it in 30 minutes tomorrow. And then I did that. And then I tried to do it in 20 minutes. Then I upped it to a mile and a half walk, then a two mile walk. And then before I even started running, I was like walking maybe six miles um, just because I had nothing else to do. Yeah. So just (laughs) a soft challenge. Yeah. 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 And so, after three weeks of seeing that kind of quick progression, you know, the curiosity got to me, and I wanted to see if I could run. So I tried
0: it. And how was that first run? That, that the three weeks after you have the surgery, you know, that your running experience at that point is track team because you got to be in football. Uh, you got to do that for football <laughs> and this half marathon your sister talked you into. What is that first run like after the the surgery? So
1: like it it hurt. Um, my back felt heavy is the best way I could describe it. Like I could tell my back had been through quite a bit for the past few weeks. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, and then taking a step back, I was wearing one of those like torso plaster braces where like doctor came in and like made the brace specifically for my body shape. Right. Um, so I ran with that on. Um, and even though like it felt weird, like, I felt like it was doing a good job holding everything in place. Yeah. So
2: So, so you're running hurt, very upright.
1: Yeah, very upright. Perfect
2: very posture. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's hard to breathe though because there wasn't yeah. like any movement with that brace. Um but yeah, like it, it, it felt weird but it didn't hurt enough for me to stop, so I just started running every day after that a little bit here and there and um like I said the surgery was February, so by that July I was running about 10 miles a day. Um Mostly just because I had enough, like I wasn't in college. I lost my job. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I got to do
2: something. something
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be stuck with mom and dad making you do stuff around (laughs) the farm. It's like, ah, Mike, if you're not doing anything, we need some hay to be bailed. I'm better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I moved back to college and, um, I got a job that summer and I met a guy who was an ultra runner and he's the one that introduced me to ultra running. I, I, I didn't know it existed before then. Yeah. So he um, told me about it. I signed up for my first ultra and ran it um, a year and a couple months after my surgery. So uh, roughly the time I was projected to start running again is when I ran my first ultra.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I, I hope your doctor somehow stumbles upon this. You know, I, hope, I, you know. yeah, I hope your doctor's like, you know, what? I'm going to pick up jogging. And when he Googles podcasts for jogging, the adventure jogger pops right up. And he's oh, like, yeah. I know oh, that guy. guy. Wait a minute. I wonder if that Mike McKnight they interviewed is that guy whose back I, surgery I did. And he's listening to going, whoa, wait a minute. I, I did know. not recommend any of that at all. That's absolutely incredible, Mike. What was What was your first ultra? Um, it was,
1: it was a local ultra called the Logan peak race. Okay. Um, it was barely an ultra it was 28 miles. Um, but it goes to one of our taller peaks. It was like, it's about 7,000 feet of elevation gain. Yeah. So it was pretty intimidating. Um, you know, I grew up looking at that peak and before I knew what ultra running was, like i never knew that people ran to that kind of a peak. So when I heard that there was a race that went up to there, it was very
0: intimidating and but it sounded fun. So went with it. Now, did did it go really well for you that first ultra or was it like, good God, what have I gotten into?
1: So my goal was like five and a half to six hours and I did it in just over four and a half hours. So (laughs) just pitiful, (laughs) pitiful.
0: What is wrong with you? <laughs> were you? Were you as disappointed, Mike, by that performance as you were by your paltry? I beat
2: my ego on oh, my first oh, race. What what
0: the the one hour and 29 minute half marathon. Did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> as you should be. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, did the culture grab you? Did you, what was it about that race that made you go like, okay, this is something. I can do I, this stuff. I, yeah, right. Something I need to be a part of
1: yeah it was the culture um and you know just i think with the way i handled breaking my back i think it's just kind of always been in me to enjoy right. challenging myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so just the aspect of challenging myself and then really too i think the scenery was a big thing because like when i was running um after i broke my back i was just doing road running yeah and it doesn't get too scenic when you're doing a road run but right you know, that, that race I did a couple months later, I did a 50 K, um, that was like deep, deep in the wilderness in Wyoming. And it was like super lush and lots of mountain lakes. So just the scenery. And then, um, the fact that there was like burgers and stuff at the finish line, that we could
0: shout out. They got real. They got real people food. <laughs> right. That has yeah. to be, because when you do that half marathon with your sister, you know, aid stations are oh, yeah. Gatorade. Powerade? And, right. Yeah. Powerade. And then like, yeah. you maybe get a goo, right? If you're lucky. Yeah. And it's like guru. And a space blanket right, when you finish. Right. And a space blanket when you finish and a banana. Like that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then you go to, no, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that 50K I did, they had like, grass-fed burgers oh they food, man soda, they had chips watermelon like it was a whole and then like the first race i did they were raffling off shoes they also had like a big meal at the finish so like just like the food was like enough to catch my attention. <laughs> <You're like,
0: laughs>
2: i'm all about the food yeah. Yeah.
0: now we're going to pivot real quick on that mike because here you are <laughs> yeah. talking about the food at ultras but then you, you, you get involved, you do more races, you start to figure things out, you get more powerful, eventually you, you, you start running for Solomon, you do really well. You talk to somebody and you start doing more of a keto diet, correct? When did, how, did you get, how did you get messed up in this, this god-awful keto gang?
1: <laughs> um thanks to jeff browning and Zach.
0: <laughs> there are two pushers those are those pushers yeah. on the street corner going you don't need to eat carbs <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that <laughs> yeah um
1: so when i first started running um i remember reading an article about carl melzer um and he's kind of like he lives two hours from me yeah, yeah. and so the fact that he's this like huge icon in the ultra running world and lives so close to me i thought was really cool so I read an article about him and one of the questions they asked him was about the food that he ate. Um, and his answer is like, if I want pizza, I eat it. If I want a beer, I drink it. Like he does whatever he wants. He's the goat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so that's what I had adapted to, um, when I first started running. Um, and it didn't work for me. I started to gain weight. Um, I started to like all of my races. I would either puke, because I couldn't digest the food I was right. trying to eat or I would lose my energy because I would try not to eat as much. Cause I didn't want to puke.
2: Understood, so I yeah. was
1: going back and forth between no energy puking, no energy puking. And so, um, I ended up getting a job with ultra footwear where I was the athlete manager Okay. <clears throat> and met Jeff Browning and Zach Bitter. Yeah. And we were on the, the way to like an athlete retreat. It was about a four hour drive. Um, talking to Jeff and we were sharing experiences obviously he was sharing more than me (laughs) because he has a lot more to share than I do right
0: you're a sponge though you're sitting in that car and you're going like "Ooh, ooh, this is good this is good yeah
1: yeah and so keto comes up he talks to me about it for like three hours um it all made sense to me so it was it was like two or three days after that athlete retreat that I just kind of took the plunge and and haven't stopped
0: since. I was kind of hoping that the story would have been that little Mike McKnight, who worshiped Carl Meltzer, would drive to to, to see if he could meet Carl. He had a (laughs) pair of speed goats. Right. He was going to see if Carl would sign his speed goats. They were used yeah, speed right. goats. He found them at a grocery store. Carl's right. walking out, and you're like, excuse me, Mr. Meltzer, could, could, you, could you sign this these? Is, uh, my, my, Mike McKnight, can you sign my speed goats? He's like, I ain't got time for you, kid. I gotta <laughs> go. I gotta go run a race. I don't have time for this. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Get off Get
2: my, my lawn. Right. Yeah.
0: And then yeah. as, you, as he walks away, you start crying and go, never. I will never <laughs> follow the speed goat <laughs> again. I'm okay. getting pizza, and I'll never eat a burger I'll never drink a beer we
2: really know how to embellish a story here I'm telling you <laughs> <Yeah>. no.
0: <laughs> no I I can't imagine Carl would ever say something like that he's the guy that if he sees you wearing speed goats on the trail he goes oh nice shoes nice shoes nice shoes. yeah so yeah he's a guy. Oh, yeah. he's a great guy you got you gotta love Carl Meltzer so you get in with with Jeff Browning and and he starts preaching the the, the, the keto to you how long first of all for people that aren't familiar with keto Kind of give us the reader's digest version of what that is.
1: Basically um, glucose carbohydrate carbohydrate gets converted to glucose and our body burns glucose easier than fat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then when you like do a marathon or something like that, you hear people who say they hit a wall yeah. um, for a few miles and then they bounce back and finish strong. What happens is their body burns through their glucose. Their body is so used to burning glucose and not fat that it kind of freaks out, thinks it's starving. You have no energy. And then when they bounce back, it's because their body found their fat storage and started burning fat. Um, And our body stores roughly 40,000 grams of fat compared to 2000 grams of carbohydrate. So the storage tank's a lot higher. And the point of keto is to eat lower carb and higher fat. So basically you can teach your body to be a dual fuel burner. when you go low carb, you get into a state of ketosis, which is fat burning. Your body gets used to it. And then that way, when you're in a race, you can use some carbohydrate, burn that glucose really quick. You get a good energy spike, and then your body can go right back to ketosis. So essentially, you do it so you can become bonk-proof. Um, that's kind of the biggest appeal for keto.
0: Okay. And, now, and- is There's a process, too, to, to teaching your body to do this. And it's, it's, it's not overnight, right? It's, it's not like one day you're like, yeah, I'm just not eating carbs anymore. This is a process to get your body to be able to do this. Yeah.
1: There's like, there's like when I coach people, um, who are interested in keto, there's roughly three phases that they go through mm-hmm. and there's the hard keto reset where you're eating. It's about 30 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. Um, and you do that for four weeks to six weeks. Um, get used to being ketosis consistently for a couple months, Um, and then you can start reintroducing carbs and then go back to ketosis and kind of switching and getting your body used to doing the the dual fuel burning.
0: What is that training like when you go from being the pizza runner and the beer (laughs) runner and the I'm going to eat a burger runner to the, the keto runner? You're in that first phase of just a few carbs, which is the fuel that your body at that time was used to running on. What was training like for you in that first phase?
1: It's hard. hard. Um, Basically, anyone interested in doing keto, I advise to do in the winter or just a time when you know you're not gonna be racing for a few months because basically that bonk feeling that you would get in the middle of a race yeah you kind of feel that like almost 24 7 for a couple of weeks you just feel super tired super sluggish. um running like if you if you do speed training forget that you're not going to be able to do any speed training for a couple of weeks um you just got to get out there and just go slow and steady and just kind of get the time on your feet because
0: you're you're exhausted (laughs) So it's got to be frustrating. How did you keep at it and not go, screw this, I'm going back to pizza?
1: That is a really good question. <laughs> because because the temptation start- is strong, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, before I st- – like, and the other thing I tell people is, like, people who I tell about keto who's slightly interested, a lot yeah. of times will say – Oh, I can't do that. I can't give up whatever. Yeah. Um, and they have this like perception that I've always been a clean eater and that it was easy for me because I was already clean. But before I start, I mean, when Jeff Browning, I, I remember exactly when Jeff Browning told me about keto, I had. A can of Monster that I was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I was buying three 12 packs of Mountain Dew a week. I was buying a couple pints of ice cream. Every, like, I ate as unhealthy as they come. So, I don't know why I stuck with it. I don't know if it was just kind of a deep trust in Jeff Browning and seeing his results and hoping that that would happen to me, but I stuck with it and. I'm very happy I did.
0: Well, there was obviously with that diet you're describing, there's one of two ways you could have gone, Mike. You could have gone in keto or diabetes. And that, that yeah. really, yeah. good God. <laughs> all, but you make it through that. And you start you know, feeling better. You get in these second phases. And all of a sudden, your body's becoming adapted to this. When you fully embrace the keto and your body fully embraced that, that lifestyle, what did you notice with your racing?
1: It improved quite a bit. Um, yeah. Like when I look at my ultra signup, um, I'm a lot more consistent now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've PR'd in every distance. Um, I mean the one thing I've noticed, so when I first started, I didn't understand the concept of needing to up my sodium. When you go low carb, your body dumps a lot more salt yeah. than a carb athlete. So Um, and you know, sodium's an electrolyte. So I, I wasn't upping my sodium and that was kind of messing me up for my first few races. But once I understood that concept and started taking in more sodium, um, I haven't bonked, I haven't had any digestive issues. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. And the biggest reason I stick with it, um, seeing improvements in my races is obviously something that I'm really happy about, but yeah. I mean, even if that didn't happen, just the fact that I can go run, you know, 300 miles without having stomach issues is huge for me. So I'm gonna stick with that for a long time.
0: We're gonna to get to the 300 miles in just a little <laughs> bit, but I think we, so we go from that. And then you have this idea earlier in the year, I think you're kind of maybe having what a lot of us were having when races were starting to get canceled and you had this fitness and you're like, I'm, I'm in really good race shape, but there's no races right now. You decide that you're going to do a 100-mile self-supported run with zero calories. How did that idea come into your noggin? Um,
1: There's two doctors named Dr. Stephen Stephen Finney and Jeff Bullock. Yeah. They're kind of like the – they they have a lot of research for endurance athletes and and specifically why keto would be a, a good choice for endurance athletes. Yeah. And um, in a lot of their studies, they mention how every single person has enough fat, um, even like the thinnest athlete has enough fat to last them for a very long time. Um, you know, people like, I don't know, I didn't know that these people existed before going into keto, like into a keto lifestyle, but right. there's people who are doing like five day fasts where they don't eat food for like five days straight. Um, and the reason they can do that is because their body has enough fat to, to give them energy for that amount of time. So when I heard that, I've always wondered what that window would shorten to for somebody who is being physically active. Right. Um you know, those people who are doing 5-day fast, they're not out doing a ton of exercise. Um they're reserving their energy for
0: just surviving
2: and yo, breathing. As long yeah. as they have enough energy yeah.
0: for yoga, they're fine. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wondered like if I weren't running without calories, how many miles could I go just relying on my fat storage? and where 100 miles is kind of like the distance most ultra runners like set as their like goal like i want to run 100 miles one day i decided to make that my goal to see if it was possible
0: to go that far with zero calories okay mike we've had we're we're 25 minutes into this thing and there's so (laughs) many moments in the mike mcknight story the running just days after breaking your back the you know getting into ultra marathons Your family and close friends have been, you know, on this journey with you, right? And they've seen you progress and do these amazing things. When you start talking, you know, to your wife, your parents about this new challenge, how did they react to the fact that you wanted to run 100 miles on zero calories? Um
1: my wife was slightly worried.
2: Oh, I thought he's going to. I thought he's going to say, "Well, like the doctor, I just didn't tell him." Right? Yeah. They don't know either. Like
0: Mike's oh, like, going to go for a run. <laughs> I, could, I could see Mike like double checking, like checking his wife's phone to make sure she's not downloading she the podcast know, that know. he's on. No. Right? Like, honey, I told you not to listen to Trail Runner Nation or That's the adventure jogger. What are you doing? Because yeah. she has no idea. <laughs>
1: No, she, um, she was a little nervous, but, um, she's kind of accepted that when I like want to do something, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Um, so she was nervous. My parents, like they've gotten to the point where they just like are shocked for a couple seconds and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Hope, hope it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the good the luck buddy. So, yeah. right. What's that?
2: Good luck buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but the thing that So like You know I received a lot of backlash for it More than I thought I would ever receive Like from who? Like, like nutritionists um, Yeah Saying that like Fasting Basically saying that I'm promoting eating disorders um, Yeah it was weird I received a lot of backlash for it Like, like, like how
2: like, Were people sending you emails and stuff? Yeah I've got a I got a question kind of related to that
1: Yeah Instagram messages And then people would like Forward me Posts Of friends Like their friends Who were like doing posts like they shared my article and they're like doing a post saying how unhealthy it is how i'm an idiot and and all this kind of stuff so some of it was direct to me some of it was just people sharing on their own walls and didn't know that i've seen it because people
2: forwarded it to me kind of a thing oh so ketosis it briefs well but be honest here is it for everyone would it work for everyone i'm sure there are some medical conditions for example where it would be ill-advised to do something like that i don't know um and if you were to compare yourself to a a like runner of your speed talent etc how is what's the advantage i mean if they can properly fuel and not get sick for example or have any stomach issues and do just fine what's is there any benefit for them going to keto? I don't know. So a couple of thoughts on that.
1: Um, I tell people all the time, like a lot of people ask me like why I do it and I tell them why I do it and they still don't fully understand. Then yeah. I just go look and like, you know, Courtney DeWalter, for example, like she's known for being able to just pound some nachos, candy and beer and she she's kicking all of our butts. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tell people as I was like, if I could perform like her, eating like her, then I would probably do that because of course I miss candy and of course I miss certain things but you know the way my body's designed I can't do that without puking and losing energy so
2: Exactly. I'm
1: Yeah. So You got to find what know, works I'm, for you. <laughs> yeah, you got to find what works for you and you know scientifically like I think people who could I think everybody Could benefit from a style of ketosis like you know people who hear keto and running they don't they think that we're just sticking to a strict keto diet all the time but we're just doing it strategically like you know during a high training volume week i'm not living a strict keto diet i'm eating a lot of fruit i'm eating some potatoes i'm getting close to 200 grams of carbs a day so like we're just doing it strategically just to be better at fat burning and glucose burning so i think that I think every runner could benefit from that kind of a thing but at the same time there's people who don't need it because they do just as good without it
2: so how many carbs do you think we had for
0: supper uh all the carbs all All the the ones that mike has been has been avoiding we had those all
2: just uh, we had baked potato and mac and cheese and and
0: both um (laughs) i want to go back to something really quick mike because you know you're an ultra runner you run for solomon but you're you're mike mcknight you know you're you're just you're you're your parents son you're your wife's husband it i had a similar experience about the same time of drama on the internet that i was involved with and seen. oh lord people talk about me and mention me and in, in comments in a, in a, in a derogatory manner how was that experience for you seeing people like posts like this mike mcknight guy's a moron he's dangerous he's gonna crazy
2: message like
0: like they never expect you to see that but but there you are seeing that how did that feel i mean the first like couple days it hurt and pissed me
1: off and yeah i'd like lay in bed at night frustrated and like (laughs) pull up a comment and start typing a reply and then calm down and then delete, delete
2: it. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: But the first couple of days, like, really pissed me off. And then like, it didn't stop after a couple of days, but I just got to the point where I was just like, Sc- screw them. <laughs> well, I don't care.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it wasn't like you were going like, man, this is, I'm I'm wearing a T-shirt that says pro Believe" or anorexia on it. You were just right. trying to see... What can my body do? What can it do? What have I, you know, how, what is my limit? What can I do here? This is, this was your experiment of one. This, you weren't promoting this, this for everybody. You were saying, like, hey guys, I think all hundred mile races should get rid of aid stations (laughs) altogether. You don't need it. And all you should carry, should carry is water. This was kind of, was it free? Just this was a a test.
1: Yeah. And like the biggest thing that I've thought about, cause like the biggest thing I've learned since going keto is like how triggering nutrition, the subject of nutrition is for people. Yeah. Super triggering. Um, and it's like, you know, like where do we like draw the line of how we're supposed to live? Like, like they're saying that me doing that could trigger somebody's anorexia. Like if they're trying to overcome right. that, and yeah. like, I obviously don't want that to happen, right. but I'm also not going to stop testing myself. Nope it's like, like, why don't we take that a step further? Like the biggest thing with ultra running that I've noticed is like beer. People love their beer. There are aid stations. There's beer gardens at the finish. There's beer miles. Why don't we like start being paranoid about how that could be triggering someone's alcoholism. Or the fact that we always drink
0: white claw while we're.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Or PBR.
1: Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason that we should be like, Like, we obviously don't want to hurt other people, but we shouldn't, like, if we're not going to worry about it with alcohol and other things, we shouldn't have to worry about it with
2: nutrition. Right. So here's a question for you. You ran that zero calories, 100-mile distance. I don't know what you typically fuel with on a normal 100, but if you were to run that same course again using your typical fueling, whatever that is, how much quicker do you think it would be? Or would it?
1: I could have done that a couple hours quicker. Okay. Um, The biggest thing is I I ran the whole thing by heart rate. Sure. Um, Scientifically for me, like around 122 is prime heart rate for fat burning. So I tried to keep my heart rate there um, specifically like the first 60 miles. when I felt like I could go faster. I had it dialed back so I could keep my heart rate low. And then at the end, I noticed whenever there was a slight incline, um, I didn't have a second gear. Um, I just kind of like really struggled to go up the incline. So there are moments where calories have been, would have been beneficial. So that, I, I'm not going to like start racing all my races. zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Right. That that heart rate of, in the 120s, what, what is that comparable to for you? Is, like, is, is that zone two, zone one for you? Or where were you trying zone to? Two. Okay. Oh, now yeah.
0: you now you're talking his language. You're talking zones. I'm a heart rate trainer oh, yeah, as he's well. Yeah, so. he's a heart rate. Oh my God, so many runs, Mike. Oh, guys, I'm in zone three. I got I to back down. Got to gotta zone back her two. down. <laughs> so many, so many times that's happened, Mike. You ran that hundred miles in eighteen hours and thirty minutes. Eighteen hours and thirty minutes. For everyone that's trying to go sub-24 to get that fancy-schmancy buckle at their next mm-hmm. race, just know Mike ran 100 miles in 18 hours and change Take that. on nothing. On nothing. nothing. That's that's just an incredible achievement. Do you want a, a caveat there, Mike? Keep in mind it was a
1: fairly flat
0: course. You live in Utah. How flat is – like how much elega- uh, elevation gain are we talking here
2: over the it course? Like, it was just over 5,000. That's flat.
0: There's races that are like Indiana, the Indiana hundred that you did was yeah, like was four thousand, like, right? Uh, I
2: think it was like we're, nine, right nine the, eight yeah. or nine thousand. Okay, all right. That. So
0: it was it was a pretty flat flat course, yeah. but but still, you could turn around and fuel that and run it in what fourteen, fifteen hours.
1: If Probably you were, fifteen to sixteen.
0: Okay. Did you have fun doing that hundred miles, uh, no calories, or was it like I'm an idiot? What did I do? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs>
1: oh i had a blast like <clears throat> nothing went wrong it was crazy um before i went into this the furthest i ran in a fasted state was a 50k yeah and i felt fine like no issues at all so the first 50k i had no worries and then like once i hit that distance like i had in the back of my head the rest of the day like okay what's gonna happen like right if i theoretically deplete through my fat storage which looking back i know wouldn't have been possible yeah (laughs) but like right like Like how bad can this get right yeah (laughs) yeah so I, i worried a lot but nothing happened and i in terms of like trying to make it like a safe experience i had people pacing me for 90 miles of the 100 miles so i had friends and family um i designed it to be around cache valley which is where i grew up so um you know i had some high school teachers who like stepped out of their house and I didn't know this, but like I designed the route to go through some of their houses. Yeah. So I had people step out, cheer me on. Um, I went by my grandparents grave, the aid station. One of my aid stations is my parents' house. One is my sister's house. So it was just like a fun day seeing a bunch of people and, and just running through the Valley I grew up in.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to guess, I don't know Mike, because you didn't share the route with me. I'm going to guess the route did not go past that doctor's office. (laughs) (laughs) and if if it did it wasn't during business hours
1: (laughs) i am curious though if he's seen because like there has been a few like newspaper articles on me and the valley that i live in yeah and so some of them have mentioned my backstory so i'm curious to know if my doctor
0: has read any of that
2: i'll (laughs) bet you he's heard wind of what i'm picturing is
0: it was some morning Right, this is going to be like the Carl Meltzer story, right? Some morning where he goes out and gets his paper. He's got his robe on and his slippers. slippers. His nice house. Gets his paper out, making his coffee. You know, he's sitting down at the, at the at the table, sipping his coffee. Opens up that paper, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he's reading the article and he takes a sip and he sees your name and the story. and He's like, does one of those like spit takes where it's like, what the is yeah. that? That's a. <laughs> I fixed his back, and now he's doing this. I told him the running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Mike, it, 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 a great adventure. What was the response afterwards? And did you spend any time during that hundred miles going like, I got to toughen my skin up because when I finish this, the the shit's going to hit the fan again, and Instagram's going to be going to be horrible.
1: No, I the the backlash was like completely blindsided me. Um, I didn't think about how anybody could look at that in a negative light. So I was just expecting positivity. Like, you know, my coach is Jeff Browning. Yeah. Um and he and leading up to it, he was telling me to go for twenty four hours. Yeah. And he was saying that he thought twenty hours would have put my heart rate too high and he didn't think it was as possible. So you know, I was just super stoked to have a phone call with him and kind of go over the data and yeah. and everything. So the positivity is what I was expecting. Um, and I, actually, like, I received a lot of positivity. I received more than I thought I would. Um, I didn't expect it to spread as much as it
0: did. Um, well, there's nothing so going g- on. You did at the right time. Like the Rona hit, nothing was going yeah. on. There was no news. And then you must have thought like, oh, maybe local paper will – yeah. Will cover this or my friends will hear about this you know this was everywhere i mean it, we saw yeah. you everywhere everyone's Every, like, like he did like, what right like what like, like jane benfer was liking all of your posts oh great <laughs> <laughs> you know trail and ultra running was talk about it you were on let's run i mean you were everywhere it happened just at the right time kind of the perfect storm of there's no running news going on and you decide to do it at that point and you were filling this gap we all had of like there's no races to talk about there's nothing and so there's this guy in Utah that's running 100 miles on uh, no calories and everybody had an opinion on it I mean it's had you done, like, it, had you done it Western States <clears throat> week right like let's say that oh, yeah. you know r- the races are happening it's Western States week pff, nobody would have said a thing they, no. would, they, you would not have been on trail and ultra running would have been Facebook page, page, page. Seven, yeah. right? Exactly. Page Jane, seven news. Jane Benford's not liking anything that you did. On uh, Western, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you wouldn't. It just kind of. It was kind of the perfect storm, Mike, for all that stuff to happen. It's elevated your status as a runner quite a bit. I mean, more people now know your name because of this incredible feat. maybe would have before i mean you've won the triple crown for the tahoe 200 so i mean it's not like this is the only thing you've done but this has kind of put you a little more in the spotlight hasn't it
1: yeah yeah i i yeah (laughs) i mean i somebody sent me a message of like a video a news outlet that a story did on my 100 miles with no calories in spain which really threw me through a loop there was like a nutritionist who was like I sent it to a Spanish buddy and was like, Can you translate this for me? Because I, I don't know Spanish and <clears throat> basically it's like the gist of it is she's saying you did this and you most likely have or will have brain, liver, and kidney damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, yeah, like it, it definitely
0: spread more than I ever thought it would. That has to be so surreal, Mike. Really. To have a yeah. video of newscasters in Spain. Saying you're gonna have brain damage for doing this, and you're just you're just your parents' boy. You're just your yeah. wife's husband. You're just you know the guy who shows up to the group runs on Thursday night and hangs out with your friends. That's that's really really incredible, Mike. And and just what a ride and the perfect storm of oh my god, is everything kind of kind of going that way? Did you plan your route by the way uh, to avoid temptation? And what I mean by temptation is. You know, you're 60 miles in. You've gone a 50k uh, with no food before, but that's everything from from 50k on onto 100 miles. That is unknown territory. Were you like, oh, did you bypass that seven? I got to make sure the In and Out Burger is in the beginning of right. the, of the course.
1: <laughs> well, so anyone that's been to Cache Valley knows that everything on the east side of the valley is that's like where all the businesses. Yeah, everything like we're surrounded by mountains everything on the west side of the valley is just like farmlands Mm -hmm. and so i designed the first like 30 miles on the east side which is where the mountain like that's basically where all my 5,000 feet of gain was yeah so i did that to get it over with so by the time i like passed through the trail and got out to the west side of the valley there was no restaurants out there um but i more did that to avoid the hills um it's just you I and the cows. The <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't go, yeah. Um, oh. I will there uh, like, mile 65 was my parents' house. Yeah. And um, I got there, like, at 6 p.m. at night. Yeah. And just as I was leaving, um, Ben Light, have you, have you had him on before? I have not him? had Ben on, no. Okay. So I probably need with, to put
0: him on my list. Hang on.
1: Yeah. He's a stud. (laughs) Um, he was out there and he was going to pace me Mm -hmm. from my parents' house to the finish. But he he told me he's like, hey, I'll meet you in a couple hours. We're all gonna go inside and have dinner together. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that was like the only time I was like Uh. really missing some my parents' home cooking.
0: (laughs) Were they grilling? Was the grill right by the road? Like, oh, hey, Mike, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna flip these steaks. Hold on a second. (laughs) so so mike incredible experience there uh, running that 100 miles on on zero calories you've done something else you didn't just like stop and go all right i'm the no calories 100 mile guy you recently did 300 miles not with no calories um you did 300 miles and you did it for a really kind of interesting cause didn't you
1: yeah so so i was training for bad water so i'll take a step back okay. um i was training for bad water i was in for that and bad water was canceled like seven to ten days before yeah. the actual
0: race date yeah people were so there I, like in their hotel rooms and getting ready yeah. to train for the race and all of a sudden like they're canceled you're like oh, uh, okay yeah.
1: <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere so um but just like the week before badwater me and ben light were out running together and um the thing with ben is like he's always looking for some kind of crazy long project Mm -hmm. um he he likes the the long distance and so he's telling me he's like hey dude i'm doing tahoe 200 in september (laughs) and so like naturally he wants to do a big project just before the tahoe 200 right um so he's like, do you have any ideas? Like I'm thinking this, but I'm open to suggestions. And I was like, I mean, I have bad water coming up, so I don't know if I can join you, but um, I've always thought it would be cool to connect the Bear 100 and the Wasatch 100. And those are like two of Utah's like iconic 100 mile races, and yeah. they're both, they're like, they're about an hour drive from each other, Yeah, um, start of both races. So earlier this year, I created a connecting route, connecting the two. And it was like 92 miles to connect them. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like if we do a few out and backs, we could get this, like this could be a 300 mile course. So I told Ben about that and he was like sold like that night. He's like, dude, I'm going to do it. You want to do it with me? And I was like, well, like I said, I'm doing bad water. Um, let's put it on the schedule for July. And if I'm recovered, then I'll join you. Yeah. Um, and then bad water canceled. And so I was just like, yeah, dude, I'm in. <laughs> and so we, It was actually Ben. He's the one that created the fundraiser. Um, He knows Austin. Um, That's the thing that Ben's really good about. Every big project he does, he has a fundraiser lined up for it. Whereas I'm just...
0: You're kind of long for the ride, but Austin... Give the story of Austin really quick, because this is kind of an interesting story.
1: Yeah, so Ben knew Austin. Um, He and Austin ran Ragnar together a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how they met. And they both... um, they did Ragnar trying to raise money for a nonprofit group called NeuroWorks. Mm-hmm. And um Neuro, Neuro NeuroWorks is a group that like provides physical therapy. I don't know a hundred percent
0: and I yeah. shouldn't So you do have brain damage. <laughs> 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 that Spanish newscast right now is going, I I told you I knew it.
1: But basically NeuroWorks like provides free th- physical therapy and um, just work for people who have, who are paralyzed. Yeah. Um, and so Ben and Austin ran Ragnar together, raising money for them. And then a year after that, Austin was training for an Ironman and was hit by a car on his bike and it paralyzed him from the waist down. So hmm. Austin became a patient of NeuroWorks. Um, wow. Ben and Henry remained good friends. And so <clears throat> Ben decided, because Austin still wants to do an Ironman, um, and he 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 needs some coaching and he needs a um it's like a, a running wheelchair yeah um, and so basically the fundraiser was for Austin to to be able to get some money so he could purchase that running wheelchair and then receive the coaching
0: he needs to to gear up for an ironman very cool how does that 300 miler go for you and Ben so we also had a third person
1: so um i met a guy last year at the bigfoot 200 named Dax Hawk yeah um he's a solid guy super funny guy he did the bigfoot 200 i convinced him to do the triple crown he signed up for the triple crown did the triple crown he like he has the fat second fastest combined time between the three ever so he did really well with it
0: but he doesn't um, have he, the first fastest time that would be yeah, you yeah that'd be me <laughs> but fun fact he
1: beat so because i've done the triple tip crown twice yeah Um, he beat the time that I had in 2017, which was the fastest time at the time. So he did, he, he threw down a pretty good time, especially for not even wanting to do the triple crown when he
0: went into it. So, wow.
1: He's a solid runner.
0: Internet comments has humbled Mike. Mike has read all those internet comments and he's like, I want to make sure everybody knows I don't want to come off as as too cocky. I
1: hope
0: I never appear cocky. (laughs) Um, Mike does not want any more internet comments, people. Please. He's had his share of internet comments. (laughs) 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 So so the three of you, was the plan to run together the entire time?
1: Yep. Yeah. So we started it. So the, the route we started at the end of the Bigfoot 100, which not the big, the, the bear 100, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, bear Lake, we started there, ran the bear 100 backwards, ran the connector route, um, which was a hundred miles, um, to the start of the Wasatch 100 and then ran the Wasatch 100. So ended up being 300 miles with just, over 60,000 feet of elevation gain. <laughs> it was a steep course.
2: <laughs> yeah, baby.
0: Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you, you didn't pick two cupcakes to link. That's the, You yeah. didn't pick
1: those. <laughs> yeah, Each route was roughly 20,000 feet, so they were pretty equal um, when it comes down to it. <laughs> what was your what was um, your
0: time for the whole 300 miles?
1: It was, it was like four days and 10 hours.
0: Man, that's, that's, that's solid. Was it self-supported or did you have crew people meeting you along the way?
1: We had a crew, um, mostly Ben Light's wife. She was basically every 10 to 12 miles. Yeah. Um, so she, she, we, we, Gnarly Nutrition, they're, they're a sponsor of me and Ben. Mm -hmm. They let us borrow their sprinter van and so Brittany, we had that Sprinter van chucked full of coolers and gear. So Brittany was at every aid station to give us like, you know, water, apple juice, whatever it is we wanted, massagers for our feet, change of shoes. My wife, um, you know, me and my wife, we have two kids and then my wife babysits. So her schedule wasn't as flexible. Um, so, she, But she ended up becoming the runner for like real food at certain times.
2: Yeah.
1: So she met us like, every so often with like food from a burger joint or whatever. Um, so between my wife and Ben's wife, and then also Dax, he had some knee issues and had to stop after hundred miles. Um, his career, he's a dancer actually. So he rightfully so didn't want to push it and mess up his right. knee too much. So he stopped at hundred miles, but he crewed us the rest of the way. Um, so we had three people, at least um, as well as people who just met us to pace us um, throughout the whole experience. So we had a lot of support.
0: What do you get your wife on her birthday when she follows you around all of Utah, getting your burgers for four days? Have you thought about that yet? Mike? Oh my God. I get her good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't screw this up Mike. Um, yeah. <laughs> was it, when did it really start to, to suck? So,
1: um, the, the, the biggest like takeaway I got from this experience, um, is that I learned over the four days, I learned that I need to like start trail running again for the reason I got into it. Um, but lately for the, like the past couple of years, like I've been able to see a little bit of success, yeah. something that I didn't think like I got into this just for the fun of it. And then once I started to see a little bit of success, I got so like, like, Oh my gosh, I need to get better, get better, get faster and all that stuff. So when we started the brawl, we call it the brawl. It stands for the bear river and Wasatch link up. Um, when we started it, I went into it knowing we were going to do it as a team, but I wasn't fully prepared for what that meant. Yeah. So like the first hundred miles, I was really struggling just because we were going a lot slower than I wanted to. Um, and I didn't anticipate that, like, you know, (laughs) like one person had to go poop and then like like 20 minutes later had to go. And then 20 (laughs) minutes later it was back to somebody else. So it's like, it's not just me. That's like slowing me down. It's like, there's like two other people with different schedules, different sleep schedules, different eat schedules need to change their shoes later or earlier than I do. So just all of that slowed us a lot down more down than I thought it would. So the first day mentally, I was like, just kind of really out of it. And I almost didn't do it because I was like, I can't do this for as long as this is going to take Dueling and like, poops oh, is not I working
2: for Mike McKnight. Like, well, we can't be <laughs> stopping every five miles for you to poop. It's like, come on. I,
1: I tell people this all the time, like the 200 milers, like when I, when I finished the 200 milers, I only had to go two nights without sleeping. Yeah, um, There are some people that were out there for five days. And I'm always like, man, if I, if I like, injured myself or if I was like going to take five days, I don't think I would finish just because the thought of like having to be five days on a trail, sleeping on the trail, not in my bed, not with my wife and kids like sounded terrible. So that first night I was like, this is what this is turning into. I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Um, But after a few pep talks from the boys, like I told them how, they could tell I was like kind of frustrated after a few pep talks and, and everything. I finally like, just like we're here to have fun, and and after that, it got a lot easier and
0: a lot more enjoyable. Was there a blow up, Mike? Was there like, oh, come on again? Just (laughs) seriously, it was five miles ago. Was there a blow up?
1: (laughs) 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 No, I didn't blow up. I was pretty collected and just like, hey guys, I'm really struggling and I don't think I can do this because this is taking too
0: long. So it was a good powwow. Yeah, but at some point though. That that shift it it happens in your brain, right? It goes from this thing where you have all these expectations. I want this pace, and we're all going to poop together, and that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which which in some states, group poop, right? Group poop, right? (laughs) But and then the shift happens to. I've been missing something. Uh, This is the reason why I got into this: is to have fun, and day two it's less about schedule, schedule, schedules, and more about fun?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Ben Light, his quad blew up um, 20 miles from the finish where we went from a pretty – like we could have finished in – basically like we finished 10 hours maybe slower um, because Ben's quad blew up and he had to like essentially walk to the finish.
0: Yeah.
1: At one point he was just like, dude, you know, your wife and kids are waiting for you and you have a long drive home just – just run to the finish and I'll be okay. I'm not, I'm going to finish. Like we're only 20 miles away, but I'm going to be really slow. <clears throat> and I was just like, well, we've, we, you know, we've ran four days together. It'd be silly for me to run ahead and finish without you. So if that was like the first night, then I would have been like, see you, to- <laughs> I'm done.
2: <Yeah>. got <laughs> <Time> to go. <laughs> but-,
1: <laughs> but At that point I was just like, you know, we've had four days of fun together. Like it, we need to finish together. So and it would be funner for him to have somebody to talk to while he's suffering. So, so yeah, it, it definitely became a fun experience instead of a, a times go as hard as I can experience.
0: And you're probably thinking crap, I can't leave them behind because the internet will really have a field day with right. me if I, yeah. if I leave. I bet that motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <The> internet. <laughs> Mike's like I'm. I'm off of Facebook. I can't. So what's,
2: what's the uh, what's the future hole? What, what, what races you got uh, scheduled? Or I know a lot of them have been canceled, but uh, you got anything? So in the ED? Bear One
1: Hundred is next month, yeah. um,
2: and that hasn't been canceled yet. Oh wow. Okay,
0: that's so, good.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. And I've decided to, so this is kind of my compromise. Um, if the bear is canceled, then I'm going to do the brawl again next month, but as fast as I can just to, to see what I can do. Do so an FKT I, on the brawl.
0: Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, That's pretty amazing. So yeah. Do you think um, because of the timing of your big stunt, the one that got you on the Spanish news, are yeah. you, do you think when you go to the bear, is there going to be a target? kind of on you or do you think it's going to like more people are going to go like oh that's the no that's that guy, guy. That's Mike <laughs> is, is it is it is it different is that, is that what's coming in your right yeah. right like, <laughs> what's mike's Kits? khakis i yeah. want mike's kit but did, do, you, do you think maybe there's a target and maybe is that a little nerve wracking for you going into the bear
1: well i mean i i have seen like some debates about how like like, you know, put me up to Killian Journey and he's going to kick my butt. And I'm not going to argue. With that, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, you know, I was able to do zero calories or a hundred miles on zero calories, but it's like, you know, obviously I'd get my butt kicked if somebody was eating. And it's like, there have been debates yeah. on that that I've been made aware of. Um, so maybe, but at the same time, the bear um, kind of captivates a lot of the local runners like a lot of people from Utah do it who are my friends yeah um so um there might be like one or two people who might think that but overall it's just going to be a
2: bunch
0: of my friends and we're just going to have fun running together right there's not going to be any uh, oh look he's eating
2: now yeah, oh sure. Yeah, yeah. I hope you choke on that Big Mac. Yeah.
1: I kind of I'm kind of mad. I bought a GoPro to make a video of the brawl. Yeah. Um but the the GoPro, I must have got a faulty one cuz it wouldn't work. Um but I I kind of wanted to poke fun at some of the people who were like criticizing me and like because like we we ate pizza, we ate Slurpees, we ate a bunch of junk during the brawl. Yeah. Um- so I kind of want to make a video just to like...
2: Make I'm light
0: just,
1: of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah like
0: <laughs> I can see it now in the video on YouTube. It's Mike McKnight uploads the video, Suck It Haters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the Taylor Swift song. that right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what an adventure, Mike. And what an interesting couple of months it's been for you and i and I, I wish you continued success and just what a great story of ignoring i'm not recommending you ignore a doctor's advice anyone please do not think i'm saying that but just your running journey is one hell of a story mike thank you appreciate it <laughs>